You are now tuned in to episode 96 of Midwest Angler Podcast. We're coming to you live from my basement. What's up, Matt? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. You know, I, I say the exact same thing every single time, and every single... I, I, I'm always like, you know what? This is going to be the week that I say it a little bit different. Come back in with the remix. Yeah, and, and it never works. I never say it quite right. And uh, I don't know, just when I hit that record button, it just... Just flows. You are now tuned in to episode, did I even say the right number? 96. Yeah, you said 96. I did, okay. 96. 96. We are closing in on triple digits. We are, we're getting there. Holy moly. Then that's going to be a mouthful to say. 173. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll have to do something different coming down. No, no, we ain't gonna. 173. That ain't that hard to say. No. We'll come up with something creative with it. Heck, you ain't even going to have any hair by episode 173. I hardly have any the way it is. <laughs> no kidding. So. That's what I'm saying. It's getting close to one of these times when I come over, I just tell Kayla just to buzz it all. Yeah, that ship is going to have long sailed by yeah. then. So. It's all flowing downhill. Yep. <laughs> Matt, we've got snow. We've got snow. We have and, got snow. And a significant amount of it, too. Yeah, and I'm... I don't know. I'm, I'm pumped up for winter. Like, I'm pumped up for ice fishing. It's kind of mixed feelings. It ain't even freaking Halloween yet. I now know. we got this crap. Ugh. They've got uh, up by Aberdeen and all those areas the other day. All their schools were closed for the day. They got hit hard. They've been. They've got. They're probably so sick of snow. They're last so sick year of everything. <laughs> right. If they get snow, they get a foot of it. If they get rain, they get a foot of right. it. Right. It's not. There's no in between. No. And same way with like south down by Des Moines and all those areas. It seems like they've been getting hit harder with snow than what we have up here. That's that's all right. Right. Yeah, that's I think right. that's kind of funny though. I, I mean, when it it goes to the north of us and to the south of us, and we're kind of like right in the middle all the time. Right. Well, don't get us wrong. We love the people down in Des Moines, whatever. But uh, you know, I had a lot of buddies that went to the University of Iowa, and and there was times when we would be getting, you know, I mean, freaking negative five degrees up here, right? And and snow, they have like and, sixty degrees. Yeah. Down and, there. and he's like, "Oh, really? I walked to class today in my shorts." Yeah. Oh, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope, but uh, no, we've we've got it. And, but it does look like it's going to start warming up here this coming yeah. week, and uh, so I'm I'm not scooping. Uh, I you did said a you bit. did. Yeah. You said you did. That's yeah. that's a that's a good quality homeowner there. As for us up here, mm, <laughs> not happening. My problem is, is that I got to end up shoveling and probably raking in the same week now. So isn't that crazy? Because all my, I haven't gotten all my leaves off my yard yet, and. Uh, yeah, they're covered with snow right now, so it's not so bad. I'll borrow you my kids. <laughs> I'll borrow you my kids. Send I'm, them down there and pick up some dang leaves. We've got we've got a lot of little entrepreneurs in our town now. A lot of kids that got their own leaf, you know, picking up service. So that I might one just, kid's got a full on compactor right. that he hauls behind his lawnmower. Yeah, there's I think most of them do now. Really? Yep. So good for them. Yeah, That's they're awesome. out there. They're doing their hustle. They're getting yard to yard. The other day, they're down in our neck of the woods. One of the groups were and. They did one yard, and the people next door come out and said, "Hey, why don't you do ours while you're at it?" So that's that's the key. That's the key. You start doing one, and then some, right. somebody's sitting in their house, and it's like, "Oh, piss!" You know, yeah. I could just, I could throw these guys twenty bucks and let them do it. Plus, they're young kids. I mean, it's a win-win situation, and them them dudes are just freaking right. raking well, in the, the other, coin. The other night, I saw one at our playoff football game 
right as the game was starting at about like seven or a little after seven here he comes driving down the road with his lawnmower it sounded like the mosquito fogger and i'm like it's 30 some degrees out are they out fogging nope here he comes his parents are right behind him with the vehicle with the headlights on so that did he pull he drove to the game in that no and just he, parked was, it? he was out doing he was out doing some leaf oh, yeah. removal so okay. he was still working nice yeah that's that's when all the girls are giving you the eyes at the uh at the uh, game because they know oh, yeah. you, you can go to the yeah, concession go, stand and hook yeah. them up. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll buy you an <laughs> extra slice of pizza. I was going to say, you like Canadian bacon or <laughs> pepperoni there, baby? There'd have been a girl in high school that had that kind of money that'd be buying pizza like that, and I'd been all over her. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. All right, well, uh, that's that. Before we let her go too far off the rails, uh, yeah, we've got uh, we've got an interview today. Uh, Corey Studer with Vexlar. Uh, Corey's got a really cool story. Um, he uh, kind of just just average guy, you know. Kind of you know got his education, kind of went through the ranks, and uh, now is uh, working over at Vexlar. And you know, Vexlar's got the new FLX thirty this year, and uh, I run a Vexlar. Matt runs a Vexlar, and. Uh, yeah, you know, with ice fishing right around the corner, we thought, hey, we got to get Corey on, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. So, yeah, without further ado, we're heading over to Corey. And we're here today with Corey Studer of Vexlar. Corey, how you doing, man? I'm doing fine, and uh, coming back home from Bemidji, and uh, you would think it's November. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even down here. Right. How, how much snow did, uh, did you guys get up there? Um... It was just flurrying, but I think they got they got dumped on you know last week. But there's definitely uh, some standing snow around there, um, you know, two to five inches depending on where you're at. Okay, yeah, it definitely does not feel like it's not Halloween even yet. No, and and I really feel bad because October is my favorite month, um, and I think we got robbed. You know, I mean, yeah, it's not even the, well, it is the last week of October, and and it feels like. You know, like I said, like November already. Right. Now, when you're up there, uh, is a lot of the little ponds and lakes pretty locked up, or, or still got some open? Yeah, a lot of the yeah, a lot of the smaller potholes, while they're not deep, are, are definitely uh, skimmed over. Um, one of the little lakes or bays, uh, we're up by Cass Lake uh, yesterday morning, and we had to bust through a little bit of ice on the shoreline, but the main the main lakes are still open. You know, the bigger bodies of water, of course, of course the the deeper waters are definitely, you know, still open too. But um, the, the the thing is, is that when it's calm overnight and it's below twenty degrees, it's going to freeze. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what were you doing up there, Corey? Doing a little uh, cast and blast. Spend my kind of seasonal, semi-annual um, hunting and fishing. You know, we've got uh, Matt Brewer up there, and then. Uh, good friend of his and mine as well, um, Tim Birch. So we like to try to do a little duck hunting and then do a little uh, crappie fishing. Well, how'd it go? It went well. I mean, I uh, definitely haven't haven't uh, been duck hunting for a while, and uh, I was really good at shooting the sky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're all good at that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, but um, I did able. I was able to use the uh, the new Tika metal by Clam and it. It's uh, it performed really well uh, yesterday afternoon on the deep water crappie. Good. Nice, nice. Now, Corey, uh, we always like to get our, sto- our our show started off with a couple of random questions. 
So uh, sure. first off, uh, I'm going to ask you, if you were in a boat with Chad Cummings and Chad Lorith, which Chad would you throw off the boat? Oh, boy. That's a tough one. Can I say, can I, can I say pass? <laughs> you can throw them both off. That's yeah, an that's option. <laughs> oh boy, I don't know. They're they're both great guys. Um, their heart is, is in the in the sport. They're all about other people, and uh, I don't think I could throw either one of them. I'd probably jump off myself. <laughs> uh, that's actually probably a, that's probably the best answer. I might jump out of the boat with those two as well. Yeah, they're good people. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess mine would be um, when you're putting on uh, socks and shoes. Do you put on both socks first and then the shoes, or one sock at a time and one shoe at a time? I'm not that. Uh, I'm not that skilled. Probably one at a time. One at yeah. a time. All right. Uh, nice. Now, uh, Corey, where did, where did you grow up? I grew up in Egan, um, just uh, South Metro. Uh, south of the Twin Cities, and uh, my folks still live in the, in the house that I grew up in. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Okay. Yep. Now, when did you start fishing? Um, I think my dad got me out when I was three or four years old. Okay. So, and, and my grand my grandparents actually had a, a trailer park or trailer place up at Beach Lake, and. Um, so I spent a lot of summers up there, a lot of weekends up there. And then from there, my, my folks bought trailer and bought black 79. Cool. Yeah. Now, did you always know that you wanted to make your living in the fishing industry, or, or is it just something that kind of happened? Well, it, it, it kind of just happened. But, I mean, I always – I wanted to be a fishing guy because I always had um, – time and, and stuff on the water with my dad and my brothers on, on Lake Mille Lacs and I thought it would be cool to be a fishing guide and and, and I actually um hang on a second I turn this off. um there's something that I wanted to, to do actually when I was in, in high school I thought it'd be kind of neat to be a fishing guide um but I was told by a few people that you know you better get your education no matter what it is and, and so I did a little both guiding and went to school as well but I've always kind of had the passion and wanted to be in the in the fishing industry. Right. Now, now you did guide for quite a while, right? Yeah, so I started right out of high school, uh, late 80s through most of the 90s. And was, was it up on the lax? Yes, okay. it was on the lax, yeah. And no fish, no pay, right? You got it. <laughs> Oiler, Actually, Oiler so, told me to so, throw that one in there. Yeah, so how that came about, uh, back in 93, 94, um, I worked for a company called Up North Outdoors um, with Doug Warren and his dad, and basically I was selling websites, so it's kind of the precursor of what, you know, websites are today, so while I was doing it, they thought they'd, they'd kind of throw that out there, I'm like, that's fine, I mean, I'm on one of the better bodies of water, how can I not catch fish and produce, you know, for my clients? So I said, sure, why not? And um, knock on wood, I was able to uh, come through and not have to pay my clients <laughs> or not have to have them pay, you know. So, Did you ever have any days where it was getting pert near close to the end and you still didn't have any fish and it was like, oh, boy, I'm going to have to eat this one? No, no, no. I mean, again, it, 
I, I you know, with Malax is such a great fishery, um, it, it was almost a gimme to, and that's why I said go ahead and do it. I mean, I, I mean, not that I'm the best angler, but I mean, the fishing, you know, the fish are always cooperate for me. That's good. Nice. Now, did, did has Malax always been like as good as it is right now, the world class fishery that it is? Um, back in the late nineties. Well, again, I think, I mean, I think it is, I mean, I might be a little bit, you know, um, you know, biased a little bit, but I mean, every lake kind of has its cycles and I thought it was good, but I mean, the smallies, almost bass didn't really take off until really the late nineties, um, early two thousands really. And, um, and then you also have, you know, a lot more really good bass anglers coming to the lake from all over the country and, and really help people understand, um, you know, the logic of the, of the smallmouth bass, you know, of their habitat and what they do throughout the season. Right. Now, what what's the most memorable guide trip you've ever been on? Was it a crazy fish? Did, uh, I mean, did you have somebody fall in? You know, anything really wild that really sticks out uh, as you're thinking back? Um, there's been quite a few. Um, uh, boy, probably probably one of the most memorable moments was fishing with actually a good friend of mine, and that's one thing too with guiding. Um, you, you meet all walks of life, and some of these people become some of your best friends. And um, I took out one of my friends and his girlfriend at the time. They're married now, Dean Rude. And um, I was having some motor issues, and I told him that we're going over some big fish, just be ready. And, and his whole goal was to catch a fish over 8 pounds or or 30 inches. And, and here I am in the back got the calling off my my uh my engine trying to get started and um he thinks he's snagged and he wasn't snagged it ended up being a eight and a half nine pound uh walleye so i mean i kind of um made his wish come true but it was kind of a, one of those deals where here i am kind of stuck in the stuck in the water if you will but uh was able to produce you know that, that fish walk that's awesome now, how did you end up uh, working for Vexlar? Well, I guess I guess that would be more um, by luck, if you will. Um, prior to working at Vexlar, I'd worked a lot at um, the retail level, you know, out of high school too. So I would, you know, back in the day, there was a holiday sports um, in the metro, uh, which was owned by the Erickson brothers, that also have as the holiday gas stations that you see, you know, up here. And one of the divisions was sporting goods. And it was kind of a um, interesting deal that they actually ended up buying Gander Mountain, and then they ended up buying Burger Brothers, which was another uh, retailer that I had worked for. And working at, at Holiday Sports, we would get the head units of, of the Vexlars, the FL8, and then the old... Gens box or the Gens pack, and because I was, you know, huge into fishing, they'd always have me assemble them, you know, to actually have it as an actual pack. And I built my relationships. I knew because actually, um, where I worked at Holiday in Bloomington was not too far from 
the old uh, Vexlar uh, store, and um, so I knew I knew the people at Vexlar. I knew the owner Steve, and and um, and actually there would be days where I'd, after work I'd go over there and help them, you know, assemble. And but again, that was like I said, that had been in the mid to late '80s, but that late '80s, early '90s, and um, so I had that relationship, and. There was a time where, you know, I was guiding, so I wasn't working at, at, at the, the retail level. But then I, I would say about 94, 95, I came back, and I worked at Galleons, and I was the assistant country fishing manager. And there I was still working um, and guiding at the same time. And, and I kept on asking them, you know, if there's anything open. They're like, nope, it's open. And... And actually, I have to thank Mitch Bennett, who was one of their engineers there. And he actually said, you know what, we're starting to get a little bit bigger. We should probably bring in somebody. And, and I just happened to be you know, lucky enough to you know, fall there. And um, I, I guess I want to say the rest is history. But um, my, I think the reason, too, is you know, I had my, my retail experience, my fishing experience, you know, guiding and whatnot. And, and able to talk to a variety of different people. My first week and a half was basically entertaining some um, buyers and writers um, up in up in Canada. Because at that time, um, Mr. Bauman, owner of, of Exler, we were actually he actually had the distribution for Salmo Lures. So that was the big thing was to bring in these buyers and writers and and take them out and show them how these baits work all the way from, you know, from the Hornets all the way up to the, the musty line. So that's kind of the, the story where I started at, at, at Bexlar. Well, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool deal. Now, yeah. now, now you actually do sales and promotion now, right? Um, yeah, so I, I do a little bit of everything there. I mean, I don't really have a quote-unquote title. Um, I am in charge of promotions, pro staff, um, you know, branding. You know, I, I brought in a lot of the, you know, the folding, if you will, hats, the parkers, bibs, the whole nine yards. But I also go in back and work, you know, in assembly and production, help them as well, as does Tom, you know, our sales and marketing manager, Tom Zanenko. Um We just put on the hat wherever we need to be and, and, and help the whole team out. Nice. Cool. Now, how many people actually work at the Vexlar facility up there? Um, there's about 12. Okay. And then we bring in um, uh, temps. So we'll actually, in the summertime, we'll have uh, some college kids, high school kids in the summertime to help with production. Nice. So then at that time, there's probably about 20. And, and is this Vexlar's, was it last year that they had the 50th anniversary edition uh, uh, Vexes? Yeah, that would have been the 60th. 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 Holy 60th. Right. Wowzers. Yep. Now, I, I was told, uh, you know, when I, when I was talking to Craig Euler and Chad Loreth, you know, saying that we were going to get you on, they said, you know, you really got to get the story of Vexlar, how Vexlar was formed and the name, because it's actually a bird, well, right? I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw something out there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little twist for your listeners. Okay. Instead of me explaining it, instead of me explaining it, because it is a it is kind of a story. 
I want I want your listeners to go to our website, vexler.com, and to the first two that can get me the right answer as far as the history of, of the Nollies, when it started, but the name, where it came about, um, I will I will send them a uh, a free Vexlar hat. There we nice. go. Yeah, nice, nice. That's, awesome. that's awesome. So, so any... it's a little bit of twist. I mean, I, I can tell the story, but I mean, it's, they have to do something with some uh, history with uh, war and a, and a flag, and that's all I'm gonna. That's the only hint I'm gonna give them, right. the listeners. So if they wanna um, dig a little deeper, it's in our website. And and so you want the answer to how the name came about? Yeah, how the name came about, yeah. Okay, and, and the first two people? The first two people. It, and it might and, be Scott Sturman and Matt Deitch. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It can't, it can't be, uh, uh, no, it can be anybody, but it, it, it's, um, and, and we're going to, well, when is this going to air? I mean, this will be uh, tomorrow morning, Monday morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and so you want them to message you on Facebook? No. No. I want them to no. I want them to email. Email me Corey at Bexlar.com. Or maybe I should just give them Tom's the name of cell number. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Blow it up. No, but we'll yeah, just have them have them email me and then and then um and it'll it'll go till uh just give it till tomorrow and then cut it off, I guess. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that works. That sounds awesome. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yep. Now, now, Corey, uh, you know, everybody knows what a Vexlar is. You know, everybody's seen a Vexlar. You know, if, if you've ever been in a bait shop, you've seen one. If you've been out on the ice, you've seen one. But uh, let's dig a little bit deeper. How does a Vexlar actually work? Like, I, I don't think people really realize that that, I mean, it sends a sound beam down into the water, correct? Right. So basically, it's electricity. Um, you've got a, a transducer that that sends sends a signal from the head unit, right? Yep. And that shoots a that shoots a sound wave down to the bottom, and then it ricochets back up to the transducer, and then and then sends the process signal to your display. And you know. The signal can vary depending on what type of bottom you're on. Um, you know, a lot of people will get calls where people say, well, I see my face, but then all of a sudden I think I'm on the bottom, but there's still some there's some, some depth yet. I'm, I'm going beyond the bottom. Well, that's what we call a dead zone. And it could be a boulder off the side, or you could be on an edge of a, of a flat, if you will. And with sonar, it's always going to read the highest point. So if you've got a rock to the, on, on the side of where you're fishing, right to, right below you, um, it's going to read the top of that rock. So when you drop down, it looks like you're going to be going into the bottom, and it will go slack line. Let's say, let's say the, the rock is six inches tall. Well, you're going to see your bait, what looks or appears to hit bottom, but yet you'll have six more inches before your bait touches the actual bottom right huh now that's pretty crazy now do you think the do you think the fish can actually hear that sound can they feel that sound or or is that is that a non-issue um well some 
some people think that they it's they they are attracted to it. Okay. Um, again, oh, all think right. that they're attracted to it, especially now with tungsten or certain jigs. Um, you know, it, it's you know a lot of people have their their theories. Um, you know, if you don't want that pinging noise, you know, the FLX12 and up have a feature that's called low power mode, and, and what that does is it reduce, reduces the output power by 50%. So you won't really hear the pinging, if you will. Yep. Um, you know, one of our pro staffers, uh, Corey Bechtold, he is, he is a firm believer um, that panfish, when you're fishing shallow or even catfish, are very sensitive to the noise. Um, but I think every lake is different depending on the pressure. Um, but again, there's other people think that that pinging noise will attract them. So, you know, you got Gens that says, I think it attracts them. Corey Bechtel will say, I think it spooks them. I'll catch more fish on low power. And, you know, again, it's a personal preference when it comes down to low power or uh, normal power, if you will. Right. Now, you know, like with the tungsten jig, that thing is so dense, like it, it, it would almost, that sound bouncing off of it would almost like be a rattle for say, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Pretty crazy. Now, how many different models of XLR uh, do you guys have uh, this year? Well, you've got um, six total of nine, but there's there's actually six different head units. You got the FL8 SE, which is our classic unit, the FLX12, which is basically a, a flat screen version of the FL8, but has low power. Uh, feature to it. Then you got the FL18, which is the first flasher to introduce the split screen zoom. And then you got the FLX20, which is basically again a uh, split screen zoom or a, a um, flat screen version of the 18. And then you've got the FLX28, which was the first auto ranging uh, flasher. And then you've got this year we're coming out with the uh, first ever um, broadband unit for ice fishing, uh, the FLX 30 dB, and and then with with those head units, you've got different case configurations. So, um, you know, so it's a, you know the, the eight comes only with an against pack, and and then the rest can either come with against pack, pro pack, or ultra pack. Actually, there's only two units that have got the pro pack this year, and they come standard with lithium lithium ion. Um, and that's the Ultra FLX 28 and then the Ultra FLX 30 BB. Nice. Now, now, you know, obviously a lot of people, you know, when they're walking through in the bait shops, they see, you know, this year they're going to see the 30s, you know, that, you know, substantially more money. And, uh, you know, obviously the FL8s down on the other end of the shelf, uh, you know, that are a lot more affordable. I, I think, I, you know, I, I think it's really important to, you know, to note that, you know, just because you Hello? can afford, are you there, Corey? Yeah, I, I had a little dead spot, yeah, I'm here. Okay. Uh, I think it's important to note that, you know, just because, uh, you know, say your pocketbook only allows you to to buy an FL8, you are not at an extreme disadvantage fishing with an FL8. That's still a really solid unit. Oh, absolutely. And, and the thing is, with with the Vexlar is that 
you know, you can buy that FL8 today and, you know, if you're a dad or a mom and you want to pass that that unit down, you can and not have to worry about um, that particular unit being serviced. Because to this day, we still service the original FL8 um, and, and we also service and actually, Steve, the owner of the company, he actually still services old um, paper graphs wow. for the commercial fishermen. So um, that's one thing that, you know, when you buy a Vexlar, you get the confidence that, A, it's built to last pretty much forever, and B, if you do have any issues with it, we're going we're gonna to service that, that product. And I'm not going to name, you know, we, we never want to, talk bad about our competitors, but I will say this, just from my own experience, I won't say the brand, but an LCD company, you buy an LCD dish today, there's no guarantee, you know, three to five years that they'll actually service that product. I had to buy this particular unit from a company and it was obsolete in three years. So I had to make another purchase, you know what I'm saying? Right, That's, yeah. The one thing is you buy a Vexlar unit, no matter what price it is, we're going to service it for the next 15, 20 years. Yeah. And beyond. I mean, you know, and when, beyond, right. I mean, you, you go through Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist and whatnot, and you see some of these uh, Vexlars that are for sale on there. I mean, there are some old units and, and, you know, I mean, people say, hey, this thing's still working flawlessly. Right. Right. Yeah, and, I think I. You know, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, Scott and I, we both have multiple Vexlar units, and it's just nice to have those extra ones along for like when you want to bring friends along fishing, and you know they don't really know what they are, and then you start showing them and how it works, and they're just like mind blown by it. Right. Right, and and for me, I I enjoy, you know. Showing, you know, I've got twin daughters that are 16 now, and, and when we go out and take the friends out, we try, my goal is always to have them bring out a new friend out ice fishing. And they look at that, they're like, what is this? And that's like, it's like a video game. You know? yeah, yep. It truly is. It, it, you know, I don't need to tell you the story. I mean, it, it, it is. I mean, it's great um, for all ages. And, and for me, personally, it's great to introduce, you know, someone new to the outdoors as well. Absolutely. Now, you know, me and Matt are both pros for uh, Craig Oiler's Hooked on Hardwater event out in the Black Hills. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. You know, you get these kids in the shack with you that morning. And, uh, you know, these none of these kids have ever seen a Vexlar before. And, uh, you know, at first, you know, it's kind of, they, they look at it and it's like, oh, man, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be able to get that thing figured out. And, you know, you show them as that jig drops down. And, uh, you know, as it goes down, you know, around the circle there and, uh, all of a sudden the, the first time that they can see a fish come in and all of a sudden they reel that fish in, I mean, seeing is believing. And, and from then on, I mean, I'm 10, 10 minutes later, I mean, they could be whole hopping around with that right. XR and they don't even need your help anymore. I mean, I, I really, I, I feel a lot of people, uh, you know, put their guard up right away. Like, oh man, I'd never be able to run that. You know, they see the knobs and everything, but it's a lot easier than what people realize. Yeah, and and it's cute that you said seems believing. Cause that's one of our one of our old ad campaigns. Oh in, really? Service in our service uh, uh, shop, our service room. 
and one of the posters says, uh, seeing is believing. So uh, I ride that you uh, said that. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't even know that. that that's, <laughs> yep. No, no, very cool. Now, Corey, do you use your Vexlar uh, open water? I do. I've I've, I've seen uh, that I've seen that uh, you know a few different people I know Matt Johnson runs his Vexlar open water and uh, um, what what's the advantage to that Why do you do that Well, it's it's real time versus you know you know LCDs are great they paint the pictures for you but there's still there's still a lag time um, that's that's one that's one thing you know we've we've got some guys down in Texas that. Um, these bass tournaments and they're always in the top five top ten or winning these tournaments that's because they're able to stay on an edge or a crease of where they're fishing right and on top of that they can actually shoot through the weeds they can actually see through the weeds as well um if if they're fishing with a with a lcd and you're going and following this, this edge you're going to waste half your time trying to get you know on that edge if you will the other thing too is you know early spring you know you where you've got zero a little vegetation you've got these rock spots well that's where you know these side imaging or LTDs you can actually see that but come summertime when that when that vegetation growth is up a lot of these units not penetrate through the the vegetation and and Matt Johnson in particular, he's a huge bass guy. He fishes multiple species, but he can tell you, and I, you know, firsthand, and others that use the Vexler in open water, that you can go over a, a shelf or whatever and see that there's hard bottom there. For one and two, and shoot through those weeds. So, um, so there's a couple of reasons why you want to use the flasher, and then on top of that, you know. You can, you know, if you're vertical jigging and deep water, it's like ice fishing. Your, your video game in the fish as well. Yep. Now, do you need, uh, do you need anything special to bring your, uh, to bring your Vexar out in open water? So, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can use your existing pack. If you want to use your own battery, that's fine. Um, but then you'd want to get a, um, a transducer kit for either the transom of your boat or on your trolling motor. But now we also sell um, an adapter um, for some of the units that have, like the, the Minn Kota uh, units, they've got the built-in transducer. And we've got an adapter that um, that goes right from our, our transducer plug to that um, unit, if you will. So you're using the actual transducer of the trolling motor. And Matt's been doing it for years. We got other pros that have been doing it for quite a while, and it works quick. And then, if you want to, you just right, you know, you mount it as you would like a, any other um, piece of equipment. Huh, cool. But you could just throw it right over the side. No big deal. Well, you can. Um, the only problem is that you know, you're if you're drifting or whatever, it's gonna be bouncing around. Yep. Um, one thing that I haven't done it for a while, but there's times when if it's calm out. And you want to use your your uh, flasher? You can. You got a musky rod or a or a big stick, if you will. Um, you can put that rod in the rod holder, and then use the the uh, the rubber stopper on the transducer cord. Put that eyelet or the, the loop on the eyelet of the rod, and then tilt your rod into the water. Because when you're fishing open water, normally you're using a longer rod, right? 
Yep. So you want that transducer out away from the boat, and now you're able to jig fish or see your bait while you're fishing. Yep. But again, you need to make sure that you're stationary. You know, if you're moving, it's going to be harder to see your bait. Right. Now, Corey, one one other question. Uh, you know. Yep. When me and Matt, uh, we we do a lot of fishing over at Okaboji, and, uh, you know, you yep. can be sitting in Miller's Bay or, you know, one of the, the popular bays there, one of the community holes, and you can see people uh, hopping around from hole to hole, and there's times when, I mean, there's people that have got their transducer hanging down, you know, four foot, you know, and, and there's only, you know, 18 inches of ice. What is the ideal... Where, where is the ideal spot that you want your transducer to sit below the ice? Are you at, are you asking me what I like? What or in general? Well, I guess I guess we want to hear both. Okay, so so I do. You know, now that I've got kids, I don't fish as much as I used to, but I'm fishing panfish. Why? Need action, right? Yeah. And and for me, and and those that fish for bluegill. Um, I like my transducer up high as possible, and I'll have it to where it's just touching the water, right? And the reason I have that, what do bluegills do? They like to go round and round and round, right? They go in circles. And normally what that happens, when that happens, the transducer is down the hole, it's going to get caught in your transducer, which, you know, in, in the end can be fatal because it could cut you know, the actual core. Um, years ago... Um, Dave Gens and, and a few others were always preaching that you want to have your transducer at or below bottom of the ice. And the reason for that was primarily to get rid of the surface flutter on your screen. Okay? If you bring that transducer up, you're going to see a, a wider band at the top of, you're going to see less of that, you know, when you bring the transducer up, you're going to see more on the screen, if you will. You put the transducer down in the more in the hole, you'll see less up at that top. Well, normally when I'm fishing, I really don't care um, what's at that top foot or two. Most of the fish that I'm fishing for are either near the bottom or suspended, right? Right. And there are some people that will say, well, I want to be able to see everything. Well, in actuality, you will see more if your transistor is up because sonar will shoot through ice. I mean, you, you know, you've done it early ice and late ice when when the ice is clear, you put a little water on the on top of the ice, a little shoot through the ice, right? Right. Same same thing. I mean, um, Mr. Bauman was up at Winnipeg with the guys, and they had, you know, I won't say four feet, but close to four feet of ice, and he's the only one that has the transducer up high, and these guys aren't seeing anything until the, the fish are right there, where he's like, oh, something's coming in. They're like, what? I don't see anything. And then, boom, they get hit. So he's seen the fish before they all see the fish come through using, you know, the same technique that I do, and that's just having the transducer just in the water, hmm. barely in the water. And so you'll you'll put it, you'll hug your transducer right up next to your float? Is that essentially what you're doing? If, I, if I'm using the float, yes. Otherwise, I've got the transducer uh, swing arm, right. and I'll put the stopper on, and then right there, you know, it's good to go. Nice. You know, the other thing, too, you know, talking about, ice holes is a lot of times we'll have people that call in that they can't see their bait and and a lot of times it has to do with where your transducer is in the hole for one and making sure that the hole is actually straight yeah 
you've got a crooked hole, your transducer is going to be shooting off the section, you know. And and you know, I did say that you know you can shoot through the through, you know, through the ice, but you know, a smaller target, they are harder to see through the ice. Right. Now, now, Corey, you guys also do the K drills, correct? So that's another another division. Yep, um, that uh, we've been doing for several years now. And and again, I have to give kudos to Mr. Bauman, who's who basically saw the future ten years ago. And and K drill has been around for many years as well. Um, Doug Kluge's dad, you know, they've had augers for long as maybe even a little longer than Strike Master. Um, but they've always had the chipper blades and I remember testing, you know, the, the you know, one of the original K drills with um, a regular drill and it wouldn't wouldn't work. It was until the Milwaukee and the and the DeWalt came out with brush for, for those drills that actually enabled us to use the K drill. And then from there it's history, you know. I mean, it's been a, a fantastic product, and and um, you know, it's made all right there, right here in, in the U.S. of A. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Now I run a K drill. Matt runs a K drill. But uh, I gotta ask you, if you've if you've spent any time at all on Facebook, why is it that everybody that doesn't run a K drill hates the K drills? Why is that? Why is it that what? That it, it just it, it feel, I feel like on every single like Minnesota ice fishing page or whatever, it's like the people that don't run the K drills just ha- feel the need that they got to hate on the K drills. Is it just you know, they they always talk crap about the 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 thing that's in first place or you have, have you ever noticed that? Um, you know I I don't know maybe so I, I try not to look at what people say. I mean there's always going to be haters no matter what and right. and. For me personally, I'm not in a race. Right. So, I mean, these other these other augers that are out there, they, they work just fine. Um, I mean, Strike Master, Eskimo, uh, Nils, they all they all make fine products. And, and you know, I the last thing we want to do is bash the competition. And and you know, people saying if you you get an assistant match, you all get pissed on, right? And that's that's no fun. <laughs> right. Um, but I will but I will say this though. You know, I have found my experiences with the Pedro that it does drill smoother. It might not be quite as fast, but the breakthrough is a lot smoother than anything else out there, period. You know, and, um, you know, if, if people want to say bad things about it, that's, that's fine. I mean, I was I was brought up, if you got nothing good to say, don't say it. Right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I just, and I, I, I bite my tongue, and, and I don't, and that's with anything, you know, yep. even with a Vexlar, you know, we get people... Oh, you guys should come up with a GPS. It's like, well, we're not a GPS company. You know? <laughs> yeah. you know, yep. We're we're a flasher company, and we do good at what we do. And on top of that, you know, again, I got to give credit to Mr. Bauman of Exlar that one build a, a great product, right? And and they're built in, you know, the the, the head units are built to our specs from Japan. We got a long lasting relationship with them. But two, um, customer service, you know. We still, to this day, don't have an answering service that says, you know, press one for this, press two for that. You get a live person right away for one. And two, emails, um, we're within 24 hours, except for the weekend, of course, answering emails. Most of the sales emails I get 
you know, I'll do some of the service stuff, but, you know, we've tied ourselves in communicating and trying to educate the customer and being there for the customer for support, period. Well, that's great. I mean, that's, that's what, you know, obviously what, what has kept you guys, uh, you know, where you're at. Uh, another thing, right. like with that K-drill, uh, you guys offer free blade sharpening for, for as long as you have so it, like, correct? Exactly. Yep. You bet. And, and, you know, like you said, that breakthrough is so nice. I've got a 12-year-old a son now, but uh, for the last two years when he was 11 and 10, I trusted him running around out on Okaboji with that auger, no problem, and, and he never had an issue. I, I mean, he he understood how to do it. He, he didn't go hot rodding around, and, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's, really a, it's really a good product. Well, appreciate the, uh, the kudos, and, and uh, we like it. Um, you know, talk about your son. I, my daughter, when you know, she was 12 or 13, drilling it. But, again, you, you're dealing with a lot of, you know, horsepower, if you will, with these drills. You, you know, you got to make sure that they're holding it straight holding on firm, you know, with proper guidance to come sure you're there. And, and then once they understand it, you're, you're fine. But, you know, again, it's, the breakthrough is a lot, a lot smoother than uh, some of the others that are out there. Yep. Sure. Now you, uh, you actually do some fishing down here on Okaboji, don't you, Corey? You know, it's been a while. My first time, um, it was quite a while ago. The, the girls, you know, my wife and I, we try to plan our fishing trips, right, fishing trips where there's actually a, a water park where the girls don't care anymore. But when they were younger, just to break it up a little bit, and um, Ryan Hay, um, I think at the time was guiding or whatever, and, and I came down, and he was like, well, why don't you fish with me, me one day? And and he saw me fish, and, and it's one of those deals, you know, on Okaboji, the fish are, are either really on or they're fickle. And the one day I went out, I drilled a bunch of holes. He's looking at me like I'm a madman. He's like shaking. That's not how we do it. But I went out there. And I was just hole hopping and popping these fish. Well, then later in the day, they got they got tight lift, as you know those, those big bluegills can get. And you needed to be sight fishing, you know. And and to be honest with you, Okaboji or any sort of lake is a great lake to learn your electronics. Yeah, you well, get to learn. Right. The, you get to learn the, you know, the the, the attitude. The mood of the fish and watching your flasher, you know, you'll like, you look down, you'll see this big bull, you know, foot off or on your screen. But you look down, you look down the hole, where is it? It's on my screen. Oh, it's over there. And and sometimes you'll see a stock of, you know, weed stock or clump. And that, you know, that that's on your screen too, but it's not moving. But, you know, again, that sight fishing is so critical, I think. Yeah, sight fishing is cool, and you can actually, you know, pull your bait away from the smaller fish if you're targeting bigger fish. But it helps you as an angler decipher the mood of the fish. So you can actually, you know, correlate, all right, what's that fish doing with its pectorals? Now I, I want to look at my flasher and see what it's doing. Now you go to another body of water that's darker or stained or you're fishing deeper water you can't see. Now you now you can put two and two together. Oh, that fish is not interested. Oh, that fish is it's it's gonna bite. It's it's it's, it's flaring. It's gonna go after your bait now and be ready. Right, right. After you've been able to cross reference in real time what that fish is actually doing, the next time that you see it on your Vexar, you understand. Hey, this is what he's doing. Correct. Yep. Absolutely. 
McCory, uh, we thank you for joining the show. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the ice shows are right around the corner. If somebody's interested in buying a Vexlar and, and they want to, uh, um, you know, either find it at an ice show or, uh, um, you know, go online or, or uh, a tackle retailer, um, you know, wh- where are there opportunities for them to, uh, to get a Vexlar uh, here in the coming weeks? Well, to be honest with you, there's, there's going to be fewer um, ice shows, you know, with the, uh, the whole COVID deal. Um, but there's going to be opportunities at, you know, your local Vexlar dealer. Um, you know, we, we want to make sure, you know, a lot of our prices are going to be more expensive, the same or more than the retailer. We want to make sure that, you know, people are buying from the retailer versus us. You know, yeah, we do have reconditioned units that are less expensive, but um, we want to make sure that, you know, if there is a show going on, you know, you know, be smart, you know, um, you know, go, you know, make sure you're, you're abiding by the state and, and store rules, you know, uh, in respect to the, the, the employees, you know, I mean, there's a lot of controversy that's going on out there. And, and my biggest thing is making sure that we're respectful to one another out there when we're going into the stores. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Corey. Well, uh, yeah, we, we thank you uh, for joining the show, and uh, yeah, hopefully, um, are, are you going to be down at the uh, at the Ice Institute by chance? I will not. Um, I, I've got, uh, we've got one daughter that plays public cross, and I think we'll be in uh, Indiana uh, that weekend, but um, I believe, I haven't, I, I haven't talked to Chad yet, but well, both Chads just to help us out there. Um, but uh, great guys to talk to, and um, still have product there. You know, for those that want a, a deal, all the game packs I'm sure will be uh, half off. I'm kidding. <laughs> they'll, have, they'll, have, they'll have some type of promotion there, and, and Todd has a, you know, he's got a good good show going there too. So it should be fun. Yeah, you bet. You bet. All right, Corey. And well, want, uh, no, go ahead. Well, just, I want to thank you guys for having me on, and, and um, you know, again, it's, you know, people are chomping up the bit, and um, you know, be patient, early ice can be fun, but you also got to make sure that you're, you, know, you stay safe, too. Exactly. No doubt. That's priority number one. So, Well, Corey, uh, be safe uh, on the rest of your drive home, and, uh, yeah, we hope to talk to you again soon. Sounds good, guys. You guys take care. All right. See ya. Right, bye-bye. And that was Corey Studer from Vexlar. That very was, cool. Yeah, very cool interview, and uh, I'm pretty jacked up that uh, he's going to reward a couple listeners. Yeah, so... If you were listening early on in the episode and you know what to do, yep. do it. Yep. Uh, Corey, and and obviously uh, for any of you guys that clicked on the link to actually listen, uh, this Corey is with an E in between the R and the Y, C-O-R-E-Y at Vexlar.com. And uh, so, yeah, go on the Vexlar website, uh, figure out uh, figure out uh, how, how that name came about and send him an email. And, uh, yeah, somebody's going to be walking away with a free hat. That's right. A couple people are going to be walking swag. away. Some swag. Just in time. Absolutely. Be out there on the ice and people are like, well, that's a sweet hat. Where'd you get that from? Well, have you ever heard of the Midwest Angler Podcast? Have you ever heard of it? The it, It's the I podcast that just listening. keeps giving back. I just, what'd you have to do to get that? Listen. Listen. That's all I had to do. How simple is that? Just to, by the push of a button. That's right. Speaking of being on the ice, Matt, 
uh, on the ice. There, there's some people, uh, I believe, up in Minnesota that thought that, that they tried were, to be on the ice. They thought they were going to be on the ice. First ones out. Holy! I first think ones it's ice. To go through. First ones to go through. <laughs> Holy think, moly! I think there might have been a little bit of uh, cur liquid courage that was involved with that. Yeah, one. I would say. Now, uh, I'm just going to read you the uh, the press release on this one. Uh, me and Matt were trying to figure out how to pronounce this. Matt being the Minnesotan that he is, he says Matomedy? No, it's not. It's like Matamita. Matamita? Yeah. Matomedy, Matomedy, Matamita, whatever. But that uh, police department up there in Minnesota, uh, 1024, uh, at approximately 1140 a.m., a vehicle occupied with two adult males attempting to ice fish on the southeastern side of White Bear Lake partially sunk their truck. There is currently no ice formed on the lake. Alcohol is believed to be a factor pending blood tests. <laughs> and then there is a picture of a it looks to be a work truck because uh, there's some writing there on the side. And uh, just the hood and the grill and the front tires are sticking out of the water. The rest is swimming with the fishies. Because <laughs> there Come on, guys. No Come We're going to drive on no ice. God dang it. Like what, you know, I, I get, you know, maybe three weeks from now if it stays cool, uh, you know, way up in northern Minnesota, I mean, you could possibly, possibly, possibly see a little bit of wheeler traffic. That looked like but, it could have possibly been a diesel truck. Right. I just think that it was, yeah. It just, just idiots being idiots. Somebody said, "Hey, we'll give you." A I guarantee they wouldn't have tried it with their their own vehicle. Yeah, got that's, to work that's truck, why it's so. a work truck. Yeah, send it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, God dang it! I hate <laughs> when that happens. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you love to be their uh, boss and be see the article and oh, there's the old, there's your uh, work truck with your right graphics on the side. Yeah. I, I don't know what these guys do for a day job, but it, I don't know how much we can trust them with about, with anything. You know what's always the funniest? Like when something really crazy like that happens to somebody, and the first thing they say is, oh, not again. Like this has already happened <laughs> right. once in their life. Oh, man. Oh, man, yeah. Was that those two? They did that again. Right. No, like, I mean... I, I know a couple of years ago, like out on Spirit Lake, I mean, it was January or February and somebody was driving like a Jeep across the, the ice. And I mean, we're talking like two foot of water pert near every or two foot of ice pert near everywhere. And, and they, and they went through, right. like, I mean, I, I genuinely feel bad for those people like that shouldn't have been an issue, you know, just, you know, like they say, no ice is ever safe ice, but, uh. It's the, it's the <laughs> ones that just go pull up to a lake and see that there's ice on it, and then they start driving out there. Yeah, they don't go send. out. They full don't send. go out and drill or. In this, in these guys' case, their boots would have got wet. Um, but yeah. I mean, if you literally brought a spud bar, or or, or like you say, yeah, your boots would have got wet. Like you could not have taken a step off the the landing right. or the rocks or whatever you're at. These guys are probably worse than the rock chuckers. Oh, geez, the rock chuckers <laughs> summons the rock chuckers. You know, they're all out there getting their arms warmed up. Oh, yeah. I mean, not only is the World Series going on to get them pumped up, they're out there getting it all stretched out because I got to chuck that rock out there to see if the ice breaks. Well, I mean, it, it held a, a, it held a 
six ounce rock. Yeah, it's good. Good. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's how you get it figured out, Matt. You know, like you go on the Facebook groups and you say, hey, is uh, East Lake Okaboji, you know, good to go for ice fishing? And then everyone yells, go check it yourself. <laughs> well, that's how you do. You go to the landing, you freaking find a big old rock and chuck. chuck it out there. Yep, it's good. And then you go. <laughs> No such thing as a spud bar. You don't drill out. If, the, if it holds the rock, you, you go. <laughs> You're good. You go. So then there's that. But, uh, no, we got a Bassmaster open, uh, Neely Henry, yep. uh, which I believe is like down in Alabama or something like that. Uh, that was a that was a central open, right? Yes, it was. A central open. that uh, There's central opens and there's eastern opens, and it kind of feels like some of the central opens are in the eastern uh, – part of the United States and it ain't even close. So that's kind of weird. But, uh, with that being said, uh, if you looked at the top 10, top 15, that was, I mean, you want to talk about how stacked the opens are this year. And, and for those of you that don't know, uh, if you want to qualify for the Bassmaster elite series, you go and you fish the Bassmaster opens and there's a central division and an Eastern division. Each, uh, each division has four tournaments throughout the year. And uh, if you finish in the top four in points at the end of the year, you qualify for the Elite Series. And that's, you know, where you're doing that because that's your job. Well, with MLF, with, uh, uh, you know, shutting down of FLW, everything else, a lot of people are, are getting into the Opens this year trying to qualify for the Elite Series. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, if you go and you check out who the uh, – who was in the top 10 on, on these. I mean, it was, I mean, it was really pretty impressive. I believe Cody bird, uh, ends up winning it, which I guess I'll be dead honest with you. I don't really, really, really know who, uh, Cody bird is, but, uh, second place, uh, Matthew Robertson, which I think he's the on guy, Stephen Browning, uh, also up there, Jason Christie, who's an MLF angler, Keith Poche. Daryl Gleason, Matt Pangrak, who's yeah. also a podcaster. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Polinick. Um, I mean, Dice K was up there. Yep. So was uh, Kenta Kamira. Yeah. I mean, there's... these. I mean, it is really pretty crazy. Scott Martin wasn't that far down. Mark Frazier, who's the uh, brother of Micah Frazier. Right. Lee Livesey was twenty fourth. Yep. And uh, I mean, you, Bradley Hallman. I mean, it's just really pretty crazy how many spectacular anglers, anglers that are. You know, I'll go come right out and say it. Anglers that are better than some of the current field on the Elite Series, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be wanting to be a, an Opens angler this year trying to make my way through. No, it's tough, and it is every year. Yep. Oh, it always is, yeah. Guys. But also, it's kind of a tip in your, you know, feather in your hat if you can compete with those guys and know that, you know, it gives you that little extra fuel to know that, you know, I – can fish on the elite series i can fish toe-to-toe with these guys head-to-head even though they're not like you're not necessarily fishing against those guys i mean you're going out there fishing you're just really fishing against yourself and right everything that's going on but but i mean you you got all the local sticks all the people from the area and then you've got the other people that are you know legitimately trying to qualify now i gotta ask you matt how do you feel about elite series anglers coming back and fishing the opens i have no problem with it no problem. Totally honest with you. I have no problem with it because they're trying to make a living. These guys that are trying to qualify it are too. And again, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And, uh, you know, yeah, 
I don't I don't see a big issue with it. No. It's it I know it goes kinda like with the NASCAR thing with those guys coming down. It, that's a little different for me. You know, I, I guess like for me personally, uh take basketball. Take basketball. You know, if LeBron James decided, you know what, I'm also gonna go and play for the Sioux Falls Sky Force. Right. You know, when when my schedule allows it just because I want to play a little bit more games and, and, you know, make a little bit more money. And he goes out there and absolutely kicks the piss out of everybody in the, right. You know, I, I don't know. Like, but, but as far as with like the elite series and going down and fishing the opens is a lot of guys do that too, is for a chance to qualify to fish the Bassmaster classic. You know, they might not be in the right, top, right. they might not qualify it through points in the elite series but they could go down to an open and win the open and thus qualifying themselves to fish the next year's Bassmaster classic to get into that um also when you're talking about professional sports you know nascar basketball all that stuff those guys have signed a huge contract to be in that league and they're getting paid very very a lot of money to do it where you know there's not a lot of that that happens in the fishing right the professional fishing industry so Really, those guys' hustle and their their livelihood depends on going and doing that. And also, you I mean, even at the professional, those guys at the elite level, they're still trying to get better at what they do. Right. So they oh, go, for sure. They for go sure. and fish that body of water because eventually it's probably going to be on the elite schedule. Right. So that way they can get a little history with that spot. So, so right now, what is there, 82 people in the elite series? Yeah, I believe so. Would you be all right if all 82 fished every single open? Now, see, that's a good point. I mean, then you're kind of taken away from those other guys right. that are trying to qualify and get in there. But then again, that's why some of them opens, there's 200 people in those things. Right, right. And I, I mean, I 100% agree with you. Like, you know, if, if you're a, you know, if you're a pretty good elite series guy, but you're not the best, you know, even if you consistently finish 30th, you know, right. 30th, 25th, you know, I mean, you know, if you make the first cut and you consistently finish in the top 40, you probably still are not really walking away from that year with a ton of money. Right. Uh, you know, if, if much, you know, I mean, you know, obviously sponsorships come in, you know, whatever, but I mean, when, with your travel and with your entry fees and with your, you know, buying, uh, you know, uh, the stuff you need to be competitive, uh, on that, on that deal, um, you know, you got to have more. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, these people are doing it for a living. They're feeding their, their family like that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's really, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I love the fact, I, I mean, I would be more all right if Gerald Swindle and Wes Logan and Lee Livesey showed up to some random Tuesday nighter down in, you know. And there's a lot of them that do that stuff. Oh, for sure. I mean, they just love competing. And, right. and I love that. I love the fact that these guys have the drive to, you know, I don't care if it's a freaking Tuesday nighter for, for, you know, 40 right. bucks that, you know, goes in a pickle jar or if and it's, that's if the it's coolest, for 40 grand. That's the coolest thing about it because, I mean, with the whole fishing tournament thing is like, you know, those guys could show up there and you and I could beat them. Oh, for sure. LeBron yeah. LeBron shows up to an open gym here. I, chances are we're not beating him. I mean, we're good. Don't get I'm me wrong. Gonna, we, I'm we ball. We ball. You know, we can hit that J and everything like that. But I'll throw Don Dish soap <laughs> down on the ground. I'm freaking. I'll, I'll foul hard. <laughs> but I'm just. You know what I'm saying? It's just like 
just to the roots of it. It just, yep. I mean, that's how all those guys have kind of got their start. They grew up, you know, they were fishing the local club tournaments. They were doing that. They decided to say, you know what, I do good here. I'm going to jump into an open. They, you know, they've had that success at those lower levels. I mean, Gerald Swindle put out a video years ago talking about like he always gets asked how do you become a professional anger and he he said it he said start start at your local club you start having success in your local club tournaments you know then it's like okay i'm gonna bump up i'm gonna fish yep, a couple yep. bigger tournaments and then i'm gonna jump up into here and just kind of test your things and and sometimes it, you know that's a great route to go sometimes you know you just got to jump in and try to fish and open and see how you're doing it but sometimes if you have that confidence from like over the years built up at all those levels and all of a sudden boom it's like i don't know it's it's just, uh, josh douglas i fished against him in a, at the okaboji open one year right and now, right and now he's you know up there i i'm pretty sure i don't know if fighter ever came down and fished the open but he might have but yeah i mean all those guys got their start at that level or is it not there. the coolest part about fishing you know you just mentioned it right there like I if I play a game against LeBron James in basketball one on one, and uh, you know we go to twenty five points, there is no chance I win, zero chance. Right. If I play golf against Tiger Woods, there is zero chance I win in an, in in eighteen holes. If I play tennis against what is it, Andre Agassi, right? Yeah. If I play tennis against Andre Agassi, there is no chance I win. I could fish against Kevin Van Dam down here at Okaboji. There is There's a chance, a chance I win. You could win. And and I mean I think that is truly the coolest part about fishing and it doesn't matter whether it's ice fishing, it doesn't matter whether it's bass fishing, it doesn't matter matter whether it's walleye fishing. You, you know, there's always that there's just enough luck to it. There's just enough luck to fishing that, you know, everyone gets on a little bit more of a level playing field. You know, I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. If I go and walleye fish against uh, Jason Mitchell. <laughs> oh, yeah, Corey Sprangle. If I go out and walleye fish against Corey Sprangle, uh, you know, on 10 different bodies of water, he's going to beat me 9.9 times out of 10. But there is that chance that that one time, you know, I just catch a big one or, you know, get I get into the right area. Yep. yep, exactly. And, uh, you know, I mean, if I go and jig bluegills against Dave Gens, he's going to beat me nine point whatever out of 10 times. But there's that chance. Right. There is that chance. And that is the coolest part about fishing. Right. You don't have to be, it, there's no, it doesn't matter your age, you know, your sex, your height, your weight. Nothing. Right, I mean, right. none of yeah. that comes yep. into factor like yep. in some of these other things. So, and even even electronics and and gear and whatever. I mean, the guy in the Carhartt coveralls with you know the the nine dollar you know HT ice blue from Walmart, you know, and and you know cheap lead jigs or whatever has that chance of getting in the right area right. and beating somebody. And that is the coolest part about this this sport activity hobby what whatever you want to call it uh i guess i i, I don't know yeah, that's, that's why we I, love it i guess yep. there's always that chance that you know something big happens and well i've always i've told the story on here like when we go down to the river for my outdoor recreation class and yep. those boys yep. would always be like oh i do this all the time and then also one of the girls like this is the first time i've ever fished and also she pulls in like an 18 inch smallie and they're just all like oh, it's like <laughs> 
it's like, well, yeah, right there. I mean, yep. anybody can do it, and anybody can have success at it. Yep. And, and when you make the boys pipe down a little bit, that's good stuff. That's so. right. All right, Matt. Uh, I don't know. Unless you got something else, uh, I guess we'll story. go to the good news stories. Uh, you want to go number one or you want to go number two? I'll go number two today. Okay. Well, <laughs> the bathroom's right over there. <laughs> go number one or go number two. I guess. Don't stink it up. <laughs> I'll uh, light a match when I'm yeah, done. Grady, go get some go get some Lysol. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> Hope you didn't have tacos last night. <laughs> Oh, man. Did have so, Casey's Pizza the other night. Oh, God, we're screwed. Get out of here before you go number two. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going first here. Um, I'm going to uh, – I'm not trying to give myself a pat on the back because it's not that. It, it's, it's it's just honestly crazy. Uh, any of you guys that are on Facebook, uh, friends with me, whatever, um, Stan's Bait Shop put out their uh, – um, ice ice event uh, ice expo event uh, november 7 and uh i was asked to work it for clam outdoors and uh so i talked to travis the owner of stands and yep sure enough you know i'll be doing it whatever and uh the other day he sends me the flyer and uh, it's got right up on top uh come meet well the, the the original flyer he sends me and it says come see pro fisherman scott sturman and so I messaged him back and, and, and then underneath it says co-host of Midwest Angler podcast. And I messaged him back and I'm like, Hey pal, like I still wear flannels to work every day. Like, I mean, <laughs> I am not a pro fisherman. Like I'm just a completely normal dude. Like I get skunked a lot. Like let's not put pro fishermen. And so we kind of talked back and forth and, uh, uh, we, uh, we came up with the fact that he would write, you know, Clam Pro, uh, come come see Clam Pro Scott Sturman, which still seems a little wild to me because uh, you know, like I said, I'm I'm just a absolutely completely normal dude that uh, you know, whatever. But uh, you know, I talked to uh, Craig Euler and I talked to Chad Lorith, you know, about you know, golly, it's crazy, you know, when they call you a pro like that, and and you know, what people got to realize is that pro in 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 a lot of these fishing deals is is promotion it's not professional it's promoter you know whatever and and you know i hope to be a good promoter of the sport you know i want to educate people on ice fishing i want to educate people about uh uh you know clam products but more than anything i want to promote uh good safe fun uh fishing and uh so yeah if uh if you guys are in the area come down uh, november 7 to stan's bait shop in milford uh, I'll be there promoting clam and, uh, Matt will also be there promoting uh, cold snaps. Yeah, so. I sure will be pretty cool. Yeah, it is that, I mean, told you that many times before, very well deserving there and should make out for a good show. Yeah. It's they gonna got, be fun. they got fish and coleslaw right. that you remember yeah. did, all you can eat fish. No, I didn't go with you last year. I went uh-uh. with topper. Yeah. I went with topper and God dang it. That coleslaw is the bomb.com. I and, can't uh, wait to try it. You want to get into a coleslaw eating contest? No, I won't with you. I won't get. I told you that before already. I won't get into any eating contest with you. Who was who was doing it? Who was uh, was it? Who was it? Tyler was it, Hicks or no? no it was Cody, Tyler. wasn't it? Cody. Wasn't he saying something about taking on and? I don't know, but I'm telling you this for free, guys. You do not want to. My my son's nickname is Big Tasty, so I'm the super Big Tasty, and it just. Ain't going to work well for you, I'll tell you that. Ain't no, going to work. You better bring a first aid kit and or have a wheel rolled up and have a good life insurance policy. 
Tanner Peterson. Tanner, Tanner Peterson. Okay. He's going to take me on in the coleslaw eating contest, so <laughs> have an extra tub. <laughs> but, no, I mean, that's cool that they do that. The Iowa Great Lakes Fishing Club or is the one that does it, I think. Yep, yep, so, yep. No, it should make out to be a good show. It's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of a lot of fun people. Uh, the BS is going to be flying. Oh, it's going to yeah. be a good time. Oh, yeah. And it, you know, and it sounds like the specials are going to go on for not just that day. Right. It's going to be on. So if you don't feel comfortable coming, then you'll be all right. Yep, yep. Call into stands and talk to Travis and say, hey, listen, you know, this is what I want. But meet me out in the parking lot. Hey, I'll come back and pick it up tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, on top of me and Matt, uh, Chad Lorth is going to be there doing Vexlar. Darren Jones is going to be there doing uh, St. Croix Rods, I believe. Colby Van Hammersbeek is going to be uh, – over there doing uh 13 fishing and uh there's gonna be a lot a lot of like i mean this, gonna is, be fun. this is gonna be more fun than what you can handle it's gonna be a good show yep. so definitely get out there and check if, it if out. you're not a crap talker i don't know if this is you'll the hear, show for you you'll hear a lot of it yeah yep. so all right matt you're mine up. uh mine you know you mentioned him earlier in the show is gonna go out to chad cummings and yourself on this one uh you're eight or nine years nine nine years of sobriety Yep. Uh, and Chad's was like 10 or no, it was like 18. Wasn't there something I think like it that? It might be like closer to 30 to tell you the truth. I was going to say his was quite significant. So I got to look here quick. Let me do, 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 do. 10,000 days, <laughs> 10,000 days. That's where I saw the 10 from 10,000 days. And, uh, with a quick little calculation, 10,000 by 365. Holy moly, 27 years. 27, you were right closer to time. I was going to say, I knew it wasn't 10. But 27 until, years. So, you know, feel good story, good news story. Just a shout out for you guys. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, keep inspiring people and yep. doing all that. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm not against drinking. I just wasn't no, personally we... mature enough to pull it off. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, you know that old song, or that song, uh, Pretty Good at Drinking Beer? Oh, yeah. I've always said I was pretty good at drinking beer, just wasn't very good at being drunk. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, that's a great point. So, so uh, if you're not good at being drunk, don't be good at drinking beers. That's, that's all right. there is to that. So, all right, well, that's episode 96. Uh, we've already got uh, the next episode uh well, we don't have it recorded, but we've got the people that uh, we're going to be talking to. Um, we're going to be talking to the hike camps about uh, the Ice Institute. Institute coming up. Uh, we maybe will uh, – we've talked to Todd before. He's also a, a meteorologist for the National Weather Service. Uh, um, we've always kind of wanted to talk to him about how pressure systems affect fish. So uh, um, I don't know if we'll be talking with Todd or if we'll be talking with Nick, but uh, – that would be a, a, a good one that maybe we could roll into the same episode if it if it if the time allows. If it doesn't, uh, hopefully we can have Todd on another time to talk about pressure systems and how it affects fish uh, uh, with their hungriness. I guess <laughs> pressure systems don't bother me. I'll, mm. I'll say that. But uh, nope, that'll be that. That's episode ninety six. See you next week on episode ninety seven. If you guys are listening to uh, us on iTunes, give us a rating. Whatever you want, but five stars would probably be the best thing oh, to do. Oh, for sure. Uh, subscribe if you are listening on anything that uh, lets you subscribe. That's it. All right. Talk to you later.